The Women in Agile podcast series amplifies the voices of outstanding women in the Agile community. We are dedicated to sharing the wisdom and inspiration our community has to offer by telling our stories, being thought leaders, and having open conversations with our allies. This series is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile organization and Accenture Solutions IQ. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I'm your host, Leslie Morse, and today we are chatting with Carmen Guerrero-Gerado. She is an Agile coach and trainer at Organize Agile in the Netherlands. Carmen has an eye for the human side and combines her flexibility and improvisation skills with purpose and clarity when she's working with her clients. She was one of the featured speakers as part of the Women in Agile Launching New Voices program at the 2020 Business Agility Conference in New York City. Carmen, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. I know we'll, we'll talk about your, your session at the Launching New Voices Women in Agile event uh, in just a minute. But before we get into that, I love just sharing with everybody what I like to think of as um, the person's Agile origin story. So tell us just a little bit, like, how did you find Agile? When did you get involved? What was that like? Um, so I first discovered Agile, I think it was like in the winter of 2016, uh, which was when my uh, department decided uh, to change the way they worked. So they decided to go for an Agile way of working and use the Scrum framework. And they were looking for Scrum Masters. And I was a senior employee at that time. And I was actually already helping my colleagues with, you know, things like team building and well, things like that, not even knowing that that was part of the Agile way of thinking and, and Scrum Framework and, and so on. Um, so I saw the application, I applied. I actually made a, a video uh, interviewing my colleagues why they thought I would be, I would make a good Scrum Master. And um, the department had really liked the video a lot. <laughs> so uh, that was basically one of the reasons I got the job. Um, then uh, I did all the courses uh, um, and, and started out basically as a newbie, as a, a newbie scrum master, and just started, went like Alice da down the rabbit hole, Googling everything related to scrum and agile and everything. And the more I read, the more I well, fell down that rabbit hole. And it was really, oh, it, it was it was interesting, but it also kind of spoke to me because for me, Agile is very people-oriented, and that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I mean, it's also result-oriented, obviously. But what spoke to me the most was the whole people thing. Um, so yeah, that was in a very small nutshell, <laughs> kind of the beginning of uh, my Agile uh, journey. That's cool. I'm curious, what were those qualities that your colleagues then saw within you that kind of came out and were showcased in that video? Um, that's a good question because it was a couple of years ago. Uh, it was, uh, most, mostly that, uh, I could explain things very well. I, uh, had patience. Um, I was very enthusiastic about whatever, uh, uh I was doing. Uh, I also tried to connect people, uh, that maybe weren't connecting before, um, and just this overview, because I worked at the at the back office, and we work a lot with the front office, and that collaboration wasn't really, you know, flowing. So I tried to 
well, I didn't know at the time, but I tried to uh, propose small experiments to, to make the collaboration more fun and more functional. So things like that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that idea of being a bridge builder and the enthusiasm, right? A good communicator in terms of like articulating and breaking stuff down for people. Yes. How do you see those same skills serving you now in the work you do? Uh, well, we, we do two things at uh, Organize Agile. So we give uh, workshops and uh, trainings, which, you know, the whole skill of being able to explain things well does come in handy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I also try to give it a little bit of a creative twist or a bit more fun. So I'm very much into gam- gamification. Um, I'm not, I, I like the theory of uh, teaching from behind the, uh, the back of the room. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really enjoy that. And, um, we also, uh, go in company and, um, uh, try to help, uh, uh, maybe new scrum masters or agile coaches, or even just, uh, teams with whatever work they're, they're trying to do in this new way. So just facilitating that in, uh, at the, at the companies, basically. That's great. I'm, I'm making up a story that you absolutely love what you do. I do. I, I really do. And and the funny thing is when I applied for uh, Organized Agile, where I've been working for almost a year now. So I start off kind of, because I'm a bit of an introvert. <laughs> so I start off kind of like mellow and stuff. And then when I talk about, you know, working together or uh, my, my scrum team or uh, just to anything related to Agile and, and, and Scrum, I, I get very enthusiastic and then I use my hands a lot, as you can see, also because I'm Spanish, so that also has to do with it. <laughs> um, so during my, my uh, uh, interview, they, they were like, well, we didn't know about you at first, but then you started talking about something you were enthusiastic about and you just got this shine over you. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, and Carmen, that shine is so real. Like our, our listeners are just getting the audio of our discussion today, but like I get the joy of getting to see your radiant face as we're having this conversation. And it does, it just, it's oozing all over you in that best glistening way possible. So um, I thank you again for making the time to, yeah. to, to share this with us today. I, I'm curious, right, you know, someone that sort of, in 2016-ish, right, found out about this Agile thing. Your company was changing their way of working. You make this video, you get into the job. And now, right, you're an Agile coach and and trainer, and you're working with clients, helping them on their journeys. What have you sort of observed as well as experienced about the role of women within our Agile community um, during your own journey? Um, well, when I started out in 2016, I started out with, um, I think it was three other colleagues and it was just one uh, guy and, and the rest of us were uh, women. So my introduction to the Agile world was very, okay, I think females are more inclined to go for the role of Scrum Master or Agile Coach than uh, males are. I, I have no idea. That was my experience at that time. Um, and then Googling, uh, I just found these amazing people, uh, like, uh, um, well, in the Netherlands, they're, they're quite famous, <laughs> like Buddy <laughs> Overheim or, uh, Christian Verwees, um, which are, uh, guys that started out as developers and then found out that they were, uh, happier and they, uh, saw that they could make a 
bigger difference as a scrum master and then as an agile coach and then as a trainer of trainers, I guess you can call them. Um, and then I was like, okay, so it's not just a, a, a woman, a women's world. It's basically genderless, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, in, in my present company, Organized Agile, we have, we're like with 14 colleagues and there are four guys and the rest is women. So it's mostly female, uh, I would say female dominant, fem- women dominant. I don't know. You know what I mean, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, when it's just, and that's not the experience everyone has. So, like, how do you think that ratio of having so many women around you over these past few years as you've kind of begun flourishing in this agile space, like, how do you think that's made a difference for you? Uh, it makes it more balanced, I feel, just by having uh, um, both experiences. So uh, it is a cliche, but you do see that uh, my male colleagues, for example, are um, more of the whole structured and more, uh, well, so one of the, I, my boss is very extrovert. He's all over the place. Uh, but again, that, that is really good to see just to experience it from that point. And then you get my female, uh, colleagues who, um, experience working in an agile, uh, uh environment in an agile world, a different way. Um, and we also teach each other a lot. I remember I had a, a, a job applicant uh, interview with a colleague of mine, uh, with a male colleague of mine. And I asked the, the job applicant a question, or job applicant? Yeah, uh, a question. And he, when he answered that question, he wouldn't look at me. He would look at my colleague. And at first I thought I was imagining things. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to ask another question. And he did it again. I was like, is this is this for real? Is this happening? I, I've never experienced that before. And and after the, the job interview, I, I discussed it with my colleague Jens. And I was like, did you notice he didn't even look at me when he was answering my questions? And, and Jens was like, no, I, di- I didn't notice. But the funny thing is that next time my colleague Jens had another job interview with another colleague, and he actually paid attention to whether the job uh, applicant was looking at our female colleague when answering the questions or not. So that's just a small example of how we can also like teach each other the experience we're having as, you know, women in, in this whole world and, or as men, um, we can, we can teach each other that and, and we can use that to like improve our relationships and even improve our work. I feel. Yeah. When it's just, so much of it is just revealing because that, that candidate probably wasn't even conscious they were doing it. Exactly. It's just sort of, you know, some habit that they've subconsciously picked up over the years. Yeah. Um, and, and it's yeah. interesting just when you start noticing Exactly. And I really, I've never, I've never noticed before and it had never happened to me. Uh, and I don't think that candidate that I experienced at first noticed he was doing it, like you just said. But the second one that my colleague Jens was uh, interviewing, my, my colleague Jens actually said to him, do you notice that you're actually only looking at me when you answer the questions and not my colleague uh, Willemijn? And then the candidate made a weird joke and we were like, yeah, that's not the kind of colleague we want. But um, I just feel, I I felt it was so awesome of my colleague Jens that he 
actually said that to the candidate and he was paying attention because of an experience I told him that I had. It was just, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. I've, and I've got goosebumps. Like that's the kind of openness in, in relationship we want to have with our coworkers. Exactly. Um, or not, not just our coworkers, like that's the kind of relationship I want to have with like everybody in the world that I come in contact with that, just that ability to be totally in it and paying attention and being present and curious, um, about all of it. Definitely. And, and he could have also said like, oh, I didn't see that. So you must've imagined it or something. Cause I can imagine that also happens in situations, but he actually went with it and then paid attention in other uh, job interviews. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That is cool. That is cool. So let's get into what your topic was at the business agility conference. But before we get to it, I guess, let's use the, the segue. So all of these experiences you've had, right? Lots of women around you, uh, as you've been going through this journey. Yes. Um, what was it that drew you to want to be part of launching new voices? Uh, if I'm like 100% honest, it was another colleague, uh, Michiel, who actually saw it online. He saw it on Twitter. And as a joke, he said to me, you should, uh, you should pitch, <laughs> you should apply for it. I was like, nah, no one's ever gonna, you know, pick my topic. Cause I was in the middle of writing my blog, mm-hmm. uh, which is what, uh, what the talk is based on. And he was like, no, you should do it. I'm also going to do it. And he applied for the um, position of speaker in the Business Agility Conference in South Africa. And I was like, fine, if you're going to do it, then I'm going to do it. And that was basically it. So it wasn't very, it's not a very inspirational origin story. I'm sorry to say. No. But it is true. So, yeah. That's great. I mean, some of the, some of the, I guess most serendipitous things that happen to us start from very, you know, arbitrary sort of conversation sometimes. And then here we are now, like you've come to New York city, you spoke at the conference and now we're recording a podcast about it. So it's, um, I'm, I'm so glad he did that. <laughs> yes, and I'm so I- glad you applied. Yeah. So, so the blog post and the focus of your topic was around turning the biggest agile skeptics into agile fans. Yes. Why this topic? Like what beats within your heart that says like, this is something I want to write about. And this is something I want to like enlighten others around. Um, well, it, 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 as a, I'd been working at that point, uh, as a, as a scrum master for like three years. And of course you go through a lot, you experience a lot. And I actually told this story uh, about Julia at my, uh, at my job interview. And, and my present <laughs> boss was like, that's a really good story. You should really share that. Because a lot of people actually have a Julia as a colleague. And a lot of organizations actually have Julias working for them. And like I said, I'm kind of an introvert person. So I was like, yeah, sure. Um, but I, I kind of need that push, <laughs> that extra nudge. Um, so I just, I figured, sure, I'll just share what I experienced and the the actions that I, that I took. Um, and if that helps uh, other people, then, you know, that's awesome. And if not, then at least, you know, I've written down the story and... Uh, uh, Got to got to share it in a in a digital manner, not knowing obviously that I was going to talk in 
New York at the conference and everything. Uh, so it was more uh, just a very low-key sharing and experience that I had uh, as a Scrum Master, basically. And what was, and we, you had three key points around how you really worked with Julia and in turning her come from a skeptic to a fan. Yeah. But what was your own experience like? Like, how did you learn and grow as a scrum master going through this work with her? Well, one of the things that, that is most important, and I didn't actually write that in the blog, but discussing the situation with other scrum masters and with other agile coaches just to see like what are your thoughts on the matter uh, um, am, am I crazy is, is this normal is, is this a normal way of acting or uh, you know sh- should I say something because you have to realize that at the point that I was when I was working with Julia, I'd been a scrum master for a year, so I still consider myself quite a newbie. I mean, I had the the framework, I know how that worked, and and all the ceremonies and, and such, but the the really like diehard experience that you have from working as a scrum master for many years, I didn't have that at that point. So just like discussing it with uh, with other colleagues, with uh, communities, we have really big agile community here in the Netherlands. Uh, going to meetups and and just presenting the case there and and people brainstorming about what could be the next steps. So I just like try to uh, get inspired by all those conversations and by all those points of information and all the experience that other more experienced scrum masters or agile coaches had uh, when dealing with a similar uh, situation, basically. Yeah, so I, I love right. Rely, so much learning and richness comes through the collaboration of our community. And I'm going. I'm going to purposely poke at you a little bit here because yeah. you did a great job of talking about how you worked with others to kind of help get yourself ready for it, but not so much about talking about you and what actually changed in you as you went through working with Julia. Yeah, uh, I, I did warn you <laughs> before we started recording. I have trouble talking about myself, but it's good that you're poking. Um, uh, yeah, mostly I, I, to be really honest, I just saw the situation. And I was like, I have to help her help herself. Um, that kind of altruistic call. Yeah, kind of, uh, uh, which is very difficult for me to say as a Roman Catholic person, because, you know, mea culpa and everything. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and I also did, at, at the beginning, also saw myself as this hero. I feel that all beginning uh, coaches or scrum masters or teachers see themselves as this uh, you know, cinematic hero, uh, knight on a on a white horse, uh, going to save the day. And it was just during my interaction with with Julia, and not just with her, with the rest of the team, that I realized like this is not about me. I am not, you know, I am not the hero of the story. I'm not even the protagonist of the story. I I am just. I I use the the. Greek mythology to, to like describe Julia as Medusa and then at one point I described myself as Perseus like the one that chops off her head but in reality I was only the the, the shiny uh, shield that Perseus uses to reflect Medusa's own 
um, toxicity, I guess. Um, so I, I think the journey I went through was from, oh, I'm the hero of this story to realizing, no, I have to step back, let go of my ego if I really want to help uh, Judy and the team to, you know, go to that next level. Uh, so that. I, I think that is so beautiful, Carmen. I mean, in just that, that realization, um, I mean, you is the mirror. Like I think about that, the, the definition of coach and it's a, it's an original term, right. Is, um, a, a, the vehicle that transports a very important person from where they are to where they want to be. Yeah. Um, and part of doing that is helping people kind of reveal what their agenda is and where does they want to go. And like, I hear the underlying tones and of all of that in your story. And thank you for indulging me and kind of making it all about you before you actually start talking about this story, because so much of this podcast series and what I love about it is getting to hear that richness of what kind of goes on within us as individuals as we go through our day-to-day -day life of working as agilists. So, so with that and your sort of realizations, tell us about Julia and this sort of agile skeptic become agile fan. And, and what, was, what did you do with her and, and how did you kind of move through that conversion process? So um, uh, as I told uh, earlier, we, uh, my department, my previous employee um, started the uh, transformation in uh, December of 2016. And uh, that meant that teams were being uh, formed in a new manner um, uh, and work was also being made more transparent, whereas people in, in the past were able to hide behind their knowledge and their, you know, day-to-day uh, -day task uh, that is something that Scrum makes very transparent like what are you doing what are you not doing uh, well, I don't need to explain that I feel um, so after uh, I was first Scrum Master uh, of one team and the Scrum Master of the team where Julia was working at actually uh, quit because oh. the team was yeah she she was having trouble with the team and with Julia obviously um, so, uh, the department had actually asked me if I wanted to have a second, uh, scrum team and my original one was doing pretty well. So I was like, sure, why not? Um, and I had obviously heard about Julia and her, uh, I'm going to call it toxic ways. Um, so I, I went in, like I just described, like this hero, I'm just going to slay the beast and, um, just, you know, save the team and, and save the organization. Uh, very dramatic. I watch a lot of movies, so uh, <laughs> you were Frodo carrying the ring. <laughs> I, 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 I'd like to go with Sam. I don't okay. like Frodo that much, <laughs> but yeah, basically. Um, so, so I went there, and one of the thir first things I do actually as a scrum master of a new team is have one-on-one -on -one conversations with the team members, uh, just to like state my intent with them, with. Uh, with the team, with the organization, and we share some uh, personal information just to get to know each other a bit better. And somehow it was during that initial conversation with Julia, which was a conversation of no more than 30 minutes, it just really hit me that she was wearing this mask of resistance and it wasn't her. It was, 
it was a mask that she was wearing. And I was like, why, why are you wearing this mask? What, what is behind that mask? And I was really curious to just find out what was behind that. And I feel that was the first step in my, in my journey. And, and I try to make it clear that it is not a journey that just, you know, uh, that lasts a week or two weeks. It was working together for over a year and a half. Um, but yeah, that, that was basically the first step. And then uh, I, I describe it like I narrowed down, I guess, the actions in three steps, which is also how I described it in the, in the blog, which is uh, an emotional bank account, monk-like patience, and walking down your garden path. Um, an emotional bank account is uh, a term that Stephen Covey uh, coined, basically, and, and it's uh, it's like a bank account, only the currency is trust. Yep. So every time I did something that earned uh, trust within Julia or that made her trust me more, I made a deposit. And obviously, I'm only human and I definitely make mistakes. So when I made a mistake in her eyes, in her eyes I made a withdrawal. And it was just like small things. Because, for example, when she had an idea... Uh, Oh, you have to, you have to, you have to realize that because of her character and the way she acted, people tended to ignore her because mm. it was easier to ignore her than to and work around her. Yeah, exactly. But that only fueled her negativity and only fueled her anger. So it was just like this, you know, continuous cycle of of uh, rage is maybe too much of a uh, exaggeration, but negativity. So what happened was when she had an idea and the product owner who was used to ignoring her uh, was ignoring her again at that point. I was like, no, but wait, Julia has an idea and it's a good idea. I only did that when I was actually um, agreeing with her. I mean, it's not a, a fake way of gaining her trust or anything. Um, so I think Julia actually realized that. Um, and, and small things like that and, and the the... The retrospectives, which before were only these mandatory meetings where people oh. went to, and if they could be skipped, that was the first thing that was skipped. Oh, uh, that hurts my heart. Yeah. Although but, although I'm feeling it in my stomach, but I'm saying it hurts my heart. <laughs> yeah, but that is what happens when there's yeah. there's no there was no psychological safety in the team because um, the the individual that dared disagree with Julia would get on her uh, your debt to me list, and I'm never speaking to you again. And that just like it it had such an immense impact on the whole team. So people were afraid to just give each other feedback, uh, be it positive or constructive, any type of feedback. So one of the first things uh, we did as a team, or I did as a scrum master, is just like introduce that very gently. Uh, back into the team just um the retrospective i got i got the question can it be skipped i'm very busy if you're busy that's even more reason to have the retrospective why are you so busy i mean things like that and they were like yeah. oh yeah oh yeah, yeah you're right you're right um so we try to do that um that that is a link to the uh, monk-like patience because like I said, it was a, a year and a half journey. It wasn't done in like a few days or even a few weeks, or a few months. Um, and uh, in the retrospective, we try to, um, well, I try to uh, 
make people this is not a good way of saying this because I'm not trying to make people do anything. I encourage them <laughs> <laughs> to uh, be open about whatever they wanted to be open uh, about any topic. And uh, so we started, I found this really cool uh, deck of cards, which were feedback cards. And one was uh, positive feedback cards and the other one was constructive feedback cards. And it, it had questions like feedback questions, but just really, really low-key ones, like if I were a tree, what kind of tree would I be? Or um, uh, what would be my f- uh, favorite holiday destination? Um, if I were to write a book, what kind of book would it be? If you don't know your colleagues, you have no idea what kind of books he or she reads, so you don't know how to answer that question. So just having each other answer that question uh, made that we got to know each other better and the more you get to know you, your colleagues better the more you feel connected to them the yeah which yeah. every everybody's putting deposits into the emotional bank account then right exactly. and it makes me think about like the research from the Gottman Institute around the positivity ratio right for every single positive interaction it's like putting you know one penny in the jar yeah but when you have a negative interaction it takes five pennies out yeah Right. Um, and so it's just it's such a great way. Brene Brown talks about in terms of marbles in a jar. There's so yeah. many metaphors now for it. Um, but it's like those are the kind of things that scrum masters have to do to build all that emotional currency for the team, because we are going to be human and do things that take money out of that emotional bank account as well. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's and you shouldn't diss the small steps. You shouldn't diss the pennies because, you know, a, a million pennies amount to, you know, uh so so that's what what i meant with the monk like patience like try to do it in small steps i'm also um if you look at the management drive colors uh i'm also very orange uh from time to time so i like results uh but to get the result that you want you have to take the be willing to take those small steps basically yeah Um, if you want to go uh fast go alone but if you want to go far go together exactly exactly so uh so that was uh the the second action and it's not chronological like that at all so it's all interwoven but um so the last one was uh, walking down your garden path and that is actually a a simplification of a saying uh, my colleague has like if you want to go to rome which again if you want to go to Rome, I would not recommend doing that right now. But in the future, uh, if you want to go to Rome, uh, you must first walk down your garden path, which is just a complicated way of saying small steps. Um, So where at the retrospective, we took small steps to uh, get to know each other better and small steps individually. We also, as a team, took small steps to, to build on our team dynamics. So we introduced... Uh, a non-mandatory team lunch that was once a week. Um, if it was a nice day outside, uh, we would ha- uh, hold our retrospectives outside. I'll just bring oh, my nice. laptop or just bring my post-its and we would do it outside on the bench. And just those small things uh, really helped team morale. We even had uh, a team color day. So we, uh, we decided that we were all gonna wear something blue and we were team blue. Nice. It, it sounds really silly, but just having fun with those small things really made a difference for for the team, which 
didn't start out as a team. It started out as a group of individuals, just each one doing their own job. And after a year, year and a half, you could just see the joy. And, and that makes me really happy just thinking back on it. You could see the joy of the people working together, uh, just asking each other actively for feedback. Oh, I, I made this. I made this report. Could you look at it? It was just such an awesome experience like to, to think back where we started and then to, to, to realize where we well finished is not a good uh not a good term, but where we were at after a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was it? When did you notice the shift in Julia? Um, it was actually uh, during uh, one of uh, one of our retrospectives. So the first retrospective where I introduced the feedback cards, I um, I made a Kahoot quiz just to put them in the, uh, the, the questions in a, in a fun game like manner. And I would ask uh the the individual teammates to be subject of said question but they didn't know what the question was so it could be a positive or a constructive so there's a little risk in there exactly yeah um but a lot of a lot of the colleagues were willing to take that risk and julia at that first try was like no 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 i'm not gonna do it um but she actually saw how people reacted to well during the whole retro to the questions, not just the positive questions, but also the constructive questions. So when we did the retro uh, two weeks later, after our, our next sprint, she actually said, I'll be a uh, subject of a question. And unfortunately, or fortunately for me, it was a constructive feedback question. So I was like, oh, no. Oh, God, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why couldn't it be the positive one? Um, and you can actually feel like, the ambience of the room shifting when they realized that it was a constructive feedback question. And this is where I really have to give props to the team because they could have taken the easy road and just like give her, given her superficial uh, constructive feedback, but they, they were really awesome. They just gave her constructive feedback in a really good manner. I mean, not uh, uh, accusing in any way. And after the, the retro, Julia was like, okay, guys, um, I've realized after, you know, X amount of months working together and, and, and interacting with each other that the way I've been acting is not doing me any good. It's not doing you any good. So I'm going to try to change, but you have to realize I've been acting and, and, and working this way for the last 35 years. So I'm going to need some help because, you know, it's, I'm going to, fall back into old habits. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to be better. And it's a really cliche thing to say, but I had goosebumps at that moment. Yeah. And that you that, should have, that's awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome. And I, I, again, cliche, but seriously goosebumps. And I feel that was the turning point. That was the, that was when Julia was really starting to just interact with the team and the team also saw that and they had fun with each other they were cracking jokes and it was such a joy just just to be part of that yeah it was awesome that is so great so if you walked up to julia today and said hey julia what do you think of scrum what do you think of agile what do you think she might say um, well, I've, I've left the company now uh, for a year now, um, but I, I, think, I think she would still be a fan because the, the, the funny thing is that at one point, um, 
I, I actually applied for the job I'm working right now and they didn't have a scrum master to replace me at that point. And it was Julia that said, oh, I'll, I'll facilitate the retros. Like seriously, awesome. the, the, the person that was the first to say like two years prior, now let's skip those retros, was the person to actually volunteer to facilitate them. So I feel that if I were to uh, see her again, she would still be that enthusiastic about this way of working. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Well, Carmen, thank you. Thank you for sharing this story. I want to kind of wrap us with a little bit of almost like rapid fire kind of uh, one or two, you know, kind of breath answers on a couple things okay. as we wrap things up today. First of that, what would you say to Carmen of three years ago? What, what advice or guidance might you give her as she was, you know, she's been into the Agile journey for a little bit, but knowing what you go now, what advice would you give to Carmen from, from you know, three or four years ago? Um, uh, Google is your friend. Um, uh, seek out the community that, that we have in, in the Netherlands, but also, I mean, internationally, it's, it's just, we have such an awesome Agile community. Uh, just be more active in that. I would say, um, yeah, basically that. Be more active in the community and, uh, and go with your friend. Awesome. And then what are you doing for your own kind of professional development and growth now that might inspire other Women in Agile podcast listeners? It's basically the same same advice as before. Go with your friend. Uh, <laughs> no, um, try to speak or talk to as many different cultures and different people to see how to see what they experience and take that with you uh, in your journey because um uh, I, I saw what what happens as a female when i shared my experience with my male colleague and uh, vice versa that has all also happened so i feel that if we just share and and uh, communicate with each other um yeah we can we can make this community even better Basically. That's great. And then two final questions. So um, someone that might be thinking about the Launching New Voices program, thinking about applying or something like that, what um, what sort of guidance or advice might you give them? Uh, I would first say just do it because it's really cool. I had the best uh, mentor, uh, Alison Polar. She was Alison is amazing. She's been a guest on Women Agile podcast series as well. She is so cool. And just her experience was like oozing from every conversation we had. And I was like this sponge just sucking it up. Um, so I, first off, just do it. It's an awesome experience, even for an introvert like me. Um, and uh, second advice. I don't know. Just see it as an experiment and, and just go for it. That's it, awesome. Yeah. That's great. And then any final thoughts you want to leave with our listeners, Carmen? Um, Good luck in your own uh, uh, Agile journey. And um, uh, it's okay if you start out as Allison because you're going to uh, finish as the Cheshire Cat, basically. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Carmen, thank you so much for being here today. I really, really, it's been a joy to get to know you a little bit and get to hear this story uh, directly from you since I wasn't able to be at the conference this year. Cool. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome.
And thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. It's brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit organization and Accenture Solutions IQ. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. You can always go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find additional inspiring podcast conversations. Thanks for listening to this Women in Agile podcast episode. Find more inspiring conversations by visiting womeninagile.org slash podcast checking out the podcast series on iTunes, or visiting your podcast application of choice. If you have an idea for a topic, speaker, or feedback on an episode, please reach out to us via email through podcast at womeninagile.org.